Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into the Getting Buckets podcast. I'm your boy Kai Carlin with my man Kelsey Witted. Swag, 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 swag. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Tim McCray will be joining us shortly. He'll be joining us mid podcast. But oh, Kelsey, you are so lame. I swear, bro. <laughs> like, swag. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. Again, we're not really going to go into our normal four quarters, you know, format. Just We're just going to kind of touch on a couple of things in this in this version of our podcast. So, um, Kelsey, the Los Angeles Lakers, man, there's a lot going on with them. I believe they're, uh, they're 10th in the West. There's a lot of issues going on. LeBron James has been very vocal in the media lately about how his, his team is performing, you know, and, and everything else in between. Um, now the big question is, Kelsey, do the Lakers make the playoffs at this point? Man, first off, I want to say that the Lakers have been in dumpster fire pretty much all year. Like, look at the narrative that's been going on about the Lakers. Like, you add LeBron James, and for a majority of the year, it's been a, a lot of just negative narratives of, around this team. People are not playing well. You know, LeBron gets hurt, goes down with an injury, a groin injury that keeps him out like 17 games, something like that. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you have... Uh, the, the trade deadline with Anthony Davis and that whole thing swirling around here. Now you're seeing that like post, you know, uh, post uh, all-star weekend under 500. You're, even though you're coming off a nice win against uh, uh, New Orleans, but still regardless, New Orleans has their own issues. You're coming off a bad loss of, against Memphis and Memphis. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of just like bad things going on with, with the, the Lakers right now. I mean, they, they, they're a dumpster fire. They're, they're, it's, that's basically the best way to put it because even though yes they can still make the playoffs and all that they're sitting at like 10th in the west right now um they're right they're right still in it but the fact that you have a, a bunch of really nice young players you made a lot of deals for nba veterans who know how to win know how to get the job done no uh, some of them are already champions so it's not like you don't have people who don't know how to win meaningful games but yet you're sitting at right this point under 500. Yeah. You know, it's definitely disappointing. I mean, the crazy thing is this team was the four seed after they beat the Warriors on Christmas Day. And LeBron James and Rajon Rondo, they had they had a hell of a game against the Warriors. Ivica Zubas was big that game. Now he's with the Clippers, obviously. But they were the four seed on uh, after after the win on on Christmas Day over over the Golden State Warriors and I believe it was on the road wasn't it wasn't it in Oakland? Yeah, it was, it was in Oakland. It was definitely in Oakland, and it, and you you know like uh, that the Lakers ever since then because LeBron James ha- had his groin injury and after that just he he went down and and, and it was a wrap. Uh, they, they they really struggled after that and. It's disappointing because, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like the Lakers are, you know, like they're they're, trying, they're relying so much on LeBron James and they're relying so much on him, and they rely so much on him to actually, you know, be the leader of this team as every LeBron James led team does. They rely so much on him, um, but you know, LeBron can't do it forever, Kels. You know, like like he can't do it. For, you know. You, you can't do it forever. Yeah, and I, and I get it. He's old. I mean, I mean, you know, he we already know that he's 33, 34, you know, so 
<laughs> you know, it's funny. A lot of people were saying that he may not even make it to the end of his five-year contract. I don't think he does. You know, and, and, and the fact that we're talking about LeBron James, presumably the best player in the world, or whatever oh, no, you want to is. call it. He is. You know, it's not Kevin Durant. There's a lot of people that they're saying, you know, Kevin Durant, best, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of issues. And and I get that, that Magic Johnson said two years, like give this team two years and they're going to be right on top of where they are right now and fine. But the fact is still, this has been a pretty much a, a dismal season when you go add the best player in the world, you add all these pieces, and you're 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 scrapping to make the playoffs. Like at this point, or at some point in this season, the Lakers were top four. Yeah, they were the four seed. They were the four seed. Yeah, they were right there. They would have home on court. On paper, they should be the four seed because I said it. I don't know about all that. Not in the West, because I mean, like, okay, let's be okay. Let's break it down. You have Golden State. Was, well, and then the season Denver's having. Uh, then you have OKC. Then you have Houston. Then you have. Then you have Utah. I think Portland's sitting at the four. Yeah. Then you have Houston's Portland. at five. So I mean, like even coming into this season, I think I had the Lakers at five coming into the, coming into the season when we did our Western Conference predictions. It could have been four. I don't know, but it wasn't a guarantee that they would be that high because of the teams I just mentioned. Golden State's better. Denver's better. Utah's better. Um, OKC's better. Portland's better. You know, like there are a lot of really good teams, Houston, out in the Western Conference that are just, you know, uh, they're just better, better than the Los Angeles Lakers. But the big thing the Lakers have that those teams don't is number 23. Yeah. And I, He's and, a trump card. And, and I get what you're saying. That the Western Conference is better. I'm definitely not disputing that. That's for sure. And I totally agree with you. But on paper, on paper, the roster that the that the Lakers have, and I'll go, I'll go straight up the, the straight up the conference. Do you think on paper that they're better than the Kings as at nine? Yes. Yeah. On paper. On paper, are they better than the Clippers? That's at eight. Uh, yes. Yeah. On paper. Yes. Yep. Yes. Don't don't kid yourself. Well, I mean, like I I tried to. Well, listen, coming into the season though, coming into the season though, uh, about the Clippers. Let's just look at the Clippers on paper coming into the year. Tobias Harris. Marching Gortat, Patrick Beverly, uh, Doc Rivers, still a terrific head coach. Um, Lou, Lou Williams, like the Clippers on paper, I thought would be in the race for seven and eight to begin with. Fair enough. Like you and Tim kind of wrote them off, but I mean, Danilo Gallinari had even mentioned him. Like I said, and Montrez Harrell, like the Clippers on paper have a solid roster. Even now, it's not playoff worthy, not anymore, not without Tobias Harris or and even um, uh, Boban Marjanovic and Mike Scott. But the Clippers on paper coming into this year, I had them in the race for, for eight and seven Fair in enough. the Western Conference. But right now. Y'all are tripping on the Clippers. But right now, is the Lakers roster better than the Clippers roster? Not right now. Not right now. Oh, excuse me. Right now. I, I apologize. I thought you meant. I thought you asked if the Clippers roster was better than the I'm Lakers. I'm about to say you tripping, tripping. I apologize. Yes. You, on paper right now. You tripping, tripping. On paper right now, yes. The Lakers have a better roster than the Clippers. Thank you. I apologize. Okay. I, I heard the question okay. flipped around. Now, are the Lakers on paper better than the San Antonio Spurs at seven? Uh, debatable. Because the Spurs have an all-star, LaMarcus Aldridge. They have another all-star, DeMar DeRozan. He didn't make it this year, obviously. But DeRozan, we all know how good DeMar DeRozan is. Um, and then they have just really, just really solid role players who know how to play their role with Rudy Gay and uh, Patty Mills and Davis Bertans. Uh, I got to give Derek White and Bryn Forbes a ton of credit. Both those guys have stepped in for DeJounte Murray 
and have done a really good job. So um, it's debatable, but I would lean more towards the Lakers just because of LeBron. Fair enough. I would. And, and sometimes that's all it is. All right, so debatable on, this, on, on the Spurs. Utah at six. No. No. Like if we're talking top to bottom roster on top paper. Top to bottom. Yeah, no, I take Utah's. Because, I mean, when you look at Utah, that's starting five. Ricky Rubio, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. Um, you can even throw Jay Crowder in there off the bench and, and Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles. Like, the Jazz on paper have a better roster than the Lakers. And that includes the Lakers with KCP and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, and all of them. Yeah, I'm taking Utah's roster. Five, Houston. Oh, Houston. Okay. Harden and Paul. Four, Portland. Portland. Absolutely. And I'm not going to even go even further than that because it's just going to be no. Yeah, but because, the fact yeah, because that, OKC, Denver, but the, but the fact that Golden on State. paper, you look at this roster of the Los Angeles Lakers, they don't say 10 seed. It doesn't. That, that's that, it, that's it, what it, I'm saying. It like, doesn't. And I, and I do believe that this season will be a catastrophic failure if the Lakers don't make the playoffs. I, I mean, I get that from where the Lakers were coming from, that – it's already going to be success if they make the playoffs. But when you go add a LeBron James, you add a Lance Stevenson, you add a Rondo, you add a Tyson Chandler, you add a, a JaVale McGee, and you get the A seed. I, I can't I can't say that even if they make the playoffs, that you could just walk away and say this whole season was a total W. I would. For the Lakers, absolutely, especially with this young group. Remember, that was the big thing we talked about coming into the season. Can Lonzo Ball stand up to the pressure? Can Kyle Kuzma stand up to the pressure? Brandon Ingram um, and, and all the other young, younger guys. Are you going to get Rajon Rondo uh, to step up? Are you going to get um, you know co- contributions out of JaVale McGee and uh, the, the other guys on that roster? Even Mike Muscala, their trade deadline pickup, who really hasn't made much of an impact, but I believe he will down the road because of Muscala's shooting. Like the Lakers right now, they they are a team that I believe somebody's knocking on the door. I believe so. You know what, Kelsey? You keep talking because actually I have to run a quick errand. Fair enough. But I'm I'm gonna go get the door. Fair enough. But but as I'm saying, and I, and I get it because it's been a while since we've seen the Lakers in the playoffs, and I and I totally get it. But when you go add all those pieces, you already have a young core, and I get they haven't made the playoffs before. You you still you still realistically you gotta look at the season like I think we could have done better. Now you're finally gonna give playoff burn to a lot of these young guys, you know, Lazo Ball, Ingram, you know, Kyle Kuzman, I get it. You're gonna give playoff burn to these guys. But at one point, you were sitting at number four in the Western Conference. And now my guy, you're sitting at ten. Fighting, scrapping for an A seed, which is a bid for Getting knocked out in the first round by Golden State in three. Like, come on, man. You can't walk away, even if they make the playoffs, that this is going to be a total W. And we finally had Tim McCray walk in the building. Tim, how you feeling, B? Why you going to my seat, bro? You weren't here to fill your seat, so I'm sitting in it. Take my seat, bruh. Well, I did. Those are fighting words. You know, it's funny because prior to the podcast, I, I said that there was going to be a fight most likely when you came in. So, are we going to fight? 
got a job to do first. Fair enough. So, of course, we opened up the, the segment talking about the Lakers, talking about how if you look at this season, Kai says that this season, if they make the playoffs, is a W. That you can walk away saying that this season has been successful. Even if you, in, in, in my opinion, even if they make the playoffs as an AC, I will still walk away with this season not being totally satisfied. I would not sit here saying that this whole season was a success. I can't, I can't wrap my head around it where you made all of these moves to sign of NBA veterans. You made a move at a trade deadline to add a shooter, Reggie Bull, excuse me. And you obviously add LeBron James in offseason, and you just scrapped to get an AC. I get that LeBron was hurt and missed like 17 games with a groin injury, but still, you should have had, well, at least you thought you had a lot of pieces around you to overall be successful, and they're scrapping for an AC, which means a bid to get swept by Golden State. I mean, should anybody really be surprised that the Lakers struggles? When you look at this team as a whole, I mean, you added veterans, but you added Rajon Rondo, who hasn't been much of a scorer, regardless of what he does in the playoffs. You add Lance Stevenson. Oh, yeah, the ultimate wild card. You add JaVel McGee. Okay, cool. He won two championships, but he won those with the Warriors. So it's not like he was like the main piece leading that championship team. And then who else you had? Michael Beasley? What is he on? Like his 17? And then you're banking on... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I made it funny. And then you killed it as soon as you said that. <laughs> killed it as soon as you said that. And then you're banking on a lot of your young talent stepping up in either like their second or third years. So you're banking on... Lonzo Ball becoming a better scorer in his second year, playing next to LeBron. You're banking on Brandon Ingram becoming probably the number two option. You're banking on Kyle Kuzma to become a more consistent scorer and more consistent defender. You're just banking on too much, and LeBron basically has to carry it all. You know, you don't really have one consistent player that's going to be like, all right, if LeBron doesn't suit up tonight, we can still win because we still got this guy playing. If LeBron doesn't play, you're like, the Lakers' chances of winning just went down by 80%. Yeah, I mean, like, look, Kai says that this is gonna, this whole season, they make the playoffs regardless of where they are as a double. No, no, no. Because I just can't see you, after everything you've been through, just making the playoffs. I don't see that as a W, especially with everything this team has been through throughout the season. You know, I can see where Kai is coming from with that point. Yes, through everything you went through, all the turmoil, all the, the distractions, all the off-court issues with, you know, AD and LeBron, his open, like, I want AD on my team, and Magic Johnson and all his tampering, making the playoffs. Yeah, that's great. But it's like, at what cost did you make the playoffs? You destroyed your team, chemistry in the process, you know, Nobody really wants to play with LeBron anymore. No one's even sure what's going on. LeBron's calling out teammates left and right, talking about if you're still getting distracted by distractions, you shouldn't even be playing basketball right now. Talking about playoff mode is activated and keeps losing game after game. So 
I don't know what the hell is going on in L.A. So, yeah, maybe Kanye's right. Yeah, maybe making the playoffs will be actually a victory for them through all this shit that's going on right now. Sorry. You're good. Anyway, the way I see it is, is this. Like, the Lakers haven't made the playoffs since 2013. So, you look at this roster, young talent, Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, the guys, you know, the whole nine yards. You throw LeBron James in there, you expect magic to happen. And in a way, in a way it happened. Um, like, the Lakers, they were, the, they were fourth Christmas Day after the win over the Warriors. And just like... I don't know. Just for me, it's just everything that's been going on with this team. The, the Anthony Davis drama, the LeBron James playoff mode activated crap that he tries to go through. And uh, I don't know. For the Lakers, for me, it's all about just making the playoffs and building something forward. You guys know how I am. Once you make the playoffs, you take that momentum and take it to build forward. That's just kind of how I always see things. And that's a great way to see things. And I like the way and I like that you see things that way. But the thing with the Lakers is you make the playoffs with this group. What momentum is you really going to build when you could probably ship out half these players to get AD next year anyway? We're probably like you'll probably have maybe outside of LeBron one or two pieces returning, honestly, because we know they're going to they're going to do everything in their power to reshape this roster into a championship contended team in the offseason. And it's all going to start with adding AD and then finding another all-star caliber player to add and filling the rest of the team out with veteran shooters. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you hit it right on the nose, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with this offseason. I mean, you know, it, it is the deal for Anthony Davis going to be as lucrative moving forward. It's not going to be as big as what was offered this, you know, at the trade deadline, and we all know what happens. We ha- what happened? Um, you know, the Pelicans don't take the deal. Obviously, Del Depps obviously gets fired. No, I don't know how. I, I still didn't understand that. I thought the man was playing great. I thought he was doing great as the GM with this whole Anthony Davis trade, like because he knew he held all the cards. You don't have to make a move. Anthony Davis wants out. Cool, but you still hold all the cards. Yeah, but I, I think I think the reason why he got fired is because the fact that now, you know, post you know, you know post trade deadline, you know, the move didn't happen. Now now you have a disgruntled star and and you're gonna have to deal with him for the rest of the offseason when he doesn't want to be there. But then obviously you can't sit him because then you're gonna be getting fined out the wazoo if you wanna shut him down. But now you're forced to play him, but he doesn't want to be there. Now it just it, it causes a little bit of awkwardness there. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why Dell Devs got fired because everyone, I think everyone was on the mindset that that AD was going to be in in LA. I don't know why everybody should have been married to that mindset because just because he requested like, first of all, he requested a trade like a week and a half before the trade deadline, if even that. So you can't expect somebody to realistically get, you know like, months worth of interesting trade packages in, like, a five-day span. And, like, all right, I can definitely pick out – I definitely got the best offer out the, in these five days. See, you was building that up, and I was about to say the Knicks, but, like, you obviously added more, like, you know, multiple trade packages and all that. You know, I'm about to say, you can have a meeting with the front office. They'll trade you after you, before you walk out of the office. Mm. That's basically what happened in the Knicks with Chris, with Chris Caps. This is very true. 
like, or you could be like the Mavericks and trade you in the middle of the game. He knew about it. Nah, ain't nobody going to talk about. So I'm getting traded and going to suit up for a team that you're not even playing for anymore. That don't even make sense. Cause then you get hurt. Cause you he's can't, trying to ball. You, nah, if you get hurt, then you can't even pass the physical, and the trade gets rescinded, and you stay in Dallas anyway. And that was awkward. Nah, he ain't know. He, he ain't know. He ain't know. He ain't know. He, you know. He ain't know. You know. But anyway. But the thing is, is that y'all called Harrison Barnes trash anyway. So why does it really matter? Because though, are you gonna just trade my man in the middle of a game? That's disrespectful. But you called him trash though. So what? He's still a person. That's still disrespectful. I'm just saying he balling out for my fantasy basketball team. No one cares. <laughs> Are you losing in that league? Yeah. I don't care. He, he, yo, he is. I'm fucking him up. Yeah. That's, that's what you know with Kelsey Bag. Like, I don't care. Yeah, 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 you do. You're yeah, just yeah, mad yeah, that yes, you're losing. Yes, you do. If you were winning, you would gloat. No, not really. Because you know why? Because no, no, there's you no would. money no, in it. No, no, you would gloat. It, not really. It's, it's, it's a little sarcastic gloat should be doing. I know. No, no, not yes. really. Yes. Uh, Kelsey, we know you. No, if there's no bread on it, especially for fantasy, I'm not. Well, I'm gonna say, oh, Kelsey. Actually, you're winning right now, six to two. Kels, you're going up against uh, Chris Higgins. Good job, man. Yeah, but no breads on it. So who who cares? At the end of the day, you are in the playoffs. I expect you come playoff time to set your lineup every day. If the first round ended today, you would actually be playing Sharif Keaton in round one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you will lose. Shreve would fuck you up. <laughs> However, I do expect you to set your lineup. Make it competitive. But there's no bread on it. Listen. For the final time, I don't give a fuck if listen, it's got let, bread, no on, bread it. on it. Nah, listen. You get the bread. Tell Shreve get the cheese. Bam. You get to go, baby. See, Tim, that's why you a real one. <sighs> God. That's why, Tim, you a real one. Get it, man. You get it. Yeah, me me, me, and Tim, we just we just on that. We on, we on, a, we on another so, level. So, should I get like I'm on a new level. Woo! Or pumpernickel. Always get whole wheat, man. Yeah, you get wheat, bro. Who who actually eats that pumpernickel crap? I'm just saying. It's weird, you, bro. You, you go whole wheat, man. That's it. You call it a day. I hate y'all. So and like, like like maybe some white bread if you feel like it. But I it's mostly so wheat. Much. You go wheat all Not the time. Not too much sugar and white bread. I always go wheat. That is a good point. However, sometimes you just be feeling it. You be like, you know what? I feel like going That's very with true, it. too. Mm-hmm. I definitely get Yeah, you make a good point, bro. Exactly. <laughs> See, mm, sometimes you just be feeling it. But for the most and part, you know it's what? Wheat. Y'all would call me dumb if I said that. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. It's not. It's not true. I, oh, y'all is the, the only time. The only, first, oh, <laughs> time out. Pause. Y'all are so many people because I even say nothing. The, the I only can't time. I can't shut because I know it's true. The, the, I the, damn the only sure time I called you stupid for saying that. The, the only time. <laughs> the only time I called you like real stupid was when you said Alfred Payton was a below average defender. I said subpar defender. It's the same thing. No, no, but if you're gonna quote me, quote me right. I said subpar, right, subpar, I, 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 below I, average. I, I he guess said he, he I, wasn't good on defense. I guess he's got a point there, Tim. No, he doesn't. Does he? No. Either way, he said he was bad on defense. Either way, yeah, you did, and he's not bad on defense. You're bad on defense. Well, I don't know about I don't all that. Play anymore. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, I blew his head off, and that was kind of it for him. <laughs> First off, pause. <laughs> Pause. Okay. Second, I don't play anymore. Well, that's because you're trash. <laughs> <laughs> like your jumper sucks. <laughs> I just. It's all hell, man. I ain't I, doing nothing. I don't. You know, I don't I, take offense to it because I don't play anymore. I don't yeah, know. probably for the best. I, again, I don't play anymore. If I was continuing to play a ball hey, uh, <laughs> and he said my jumper was trash, then maybe I would take offense to it. But you know what? I don't play anymore. So I, this is 
This is not. Mm-mm. I don't know. He just said that's probably for the best. I would have took offense to that. Like, he definitely just called you trash. Like with that <laughs> last line. Like you definitely should have took offense to that one. Like, I mean, all I remember is you smacking the shit out of my arm, and I still made it. So that's kind of all I remember. And Kelsey was actually going to quit that day. Um, on another note, another note. I, I have a question for for you, fine gentlemen. Come playoff time. You know, we pretty much, we agree Golden State is the gold standard. We are living in the golden dynasty right now. We all kind of feel that way. But if there's one team, east or west, that has the best shot at knocking them off, who are you picking? Kels, I'll start with you. The Denver Nuggets. Are you saying that because you're biased or do you really believe that? I believe it. Okay. Because, I mean, I, I can believe it too. Denver, Denver I, can beat them. I full-heartedly believe it. I'm still hopping on Houston. I am. Listen, I know this is the regular season. I know the playoffs, and I say it all the time. It's my it's fucking, it's my, you know, go-to. The, the playoffs are totally different than the regular season. You know, we saw Chicago beat Miami three out of four times in the regular season, remember? And Miami go in the playoffs and, and kick their ass. Um, we saw Brooklyn actually sweep Miami in 2014 with the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett Nets, and the Heat beat them in five in the second round. And, but the Rockets are 3-0 and against the Warriors this year. And one of those wins came without James Harden. It was the best win all season. Like, like that was incredibly impressive to go into Oakland, a full, healthy Warriors team. They had Boogie. They had Green and, and KD, Steph and Clay, And the Rockets, without James Harden, went into Oracle and beat them. It was all P.G. Tucker. That hustle and defense was key down Chris, the stretch. Chris Paul made some big shots. Yeah, yeah. Bro, like, but P.J. Tucker, though, bro, like that – he done, he done took Patrick Beverly's role as the heart and soul of his team, bro. Like, but but I think I think that was such an impressive win by the Rockets. It really was. And like, and and like, if like we, I can't I can't I can't like gloat enough about PJ Tucker, bro, because like <laughs> on like three straight possessions, like he got a stop or like a turnover for the Rocks, and it was key to to lead to getting a win. And it was like that's exactly what we need defense yeah yeah now now listen i need you guys to understand i'm still picking the warriors to win the title this year we're all still picking the warriors to win the title sure but if there's one team i think can knock them off i'm still rolling with the houston rockets if they have chris paul i mean you gotta remember houston was one win away from knocking them off last year and now even this year they beat them three times one of them without harden i mean the rockets to me are that team to really watch out for come playoff come uh, playoff time in the west I think, I'm, I think my choice is going to be Kai's choice from the beginning of the season. I'm picking Toronto Raptors. Well, I, I am a believer. Kawhi Leonard, Marcus <laughs> Please don't do that. That later. actually was a pretty good invitation. Bro, it, sp- nah, it was spot on. Like, <laughs> don't do that last again. Thank you, guys. You just killed my whole vibe when you did that. <laughs> Because I felt Kawhi Leonard was in the, in the room with me, and I was just like, "I'm sorry, man. I, I, it was I was too like, good." I was about to be like, "Bruh, it was it was too good." I was about to be like, "Bruh, where's your personality?" Because that was just trash. It was too good. It was it was, <laughs> bruh. I felt I really thought Kawhi was here for a minute with that laugh. I, honestly, um, I, I could honestly, I pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> uh, breaking news: Lakers guard Lonzo Ball will be reevaluated again in one week. He has been out with a sprained ankle, um, so it looks like Lonzo Ball will miss another week. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm finally happy that you're you're on the Toronto bandwagon. I mean, like I said though, at the beginning of the season, I did say if Kawhi is healthy, the Raptors are my pick to make the NBA Finals. Um, yeah, but like it's the moves they made 
during the season and the development of their players along the way that's really brought me into this team. Like, not just bringing in Kawhi. That was that was a great move, you know. But then you make a trade, you bring in Marcus Saul. Uh, Pascal Siakam has developed into a potential all-star caliber player, you know. And then you have great depth with Fred, uh, Fred Van Vliet. You got uh, – no, nah, he got traded. You got Jeremy Lin now and – now CJ Miles got traded too. Yeah, he went he went to Memphis in the uh, the Gasol deal. So, but I mean the addition of Jeremy Lin though. Yeah, but to, off their bench and then yeah you have Lin, you have Fred Van Vliet, you have uh, Norman Powell who's having a really bounce back year. Okay, I forgot he was still there. Because remember Powell, remember we talked about him yeah. last year. Powell I, was I told, bad last year, and I told you he was he was going to be the X factor for them. He has to have a good season don't, for them. Don't forget my man OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi who was a starter last year. Yeah. Now he comes off the bench. And um, they still have Serge Ibaka. Yes, and Ibaka's having a really good year. Who has been playing well? Siakam. A lot of people was looking at Serge Ibaka like, dog, it's about time to hang it up because of how much of a fall off there he was in Oklahoma City, in Toronto, from Toronto, you know, Toronto in comparison. And now he's he's playing well. He's coming back to the Serge Ibaka that we know offensively as uh, as well, and even some defense as well. But you know, this, well, the problem this, with Serge Ibaka was like as he started to transition more from a defensive player to an offensive player, his game became more of the stretch four, stretch big. So like he went from always being around the rim to getting rebounds and blocking shots. Now he's around the perimeter where he's shooting jump shots a lot, so he's not going to get as many rebounds. And like I don't really know what happened defensively to the point he fell off because Ibaka was the one man. Yeah, I mean, when, when remember he was in OKC. Yeah, like Air Congo B. Never forget. Air Congo. Air Congo, I promise you. Never forget. That nickname had me going. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, the Air Congo nickname was amazing. I can't lie. It was. Um, I, honestly, though, like, like, I, like the Raptors, to me, they are my pick to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Or, excuse me, the NBA Finals to come out of the East. Yeah, especially I, with the way the rest of the East is looking right now. But Milwaukee, though. Yeah. Like, like the Bucks, that's the, that's, Milwaukee's there is the biggest threat to them right now. Like the Bucks right now have won nine road games in a row, which I think is too short of the franchise record of eleven. They went to Sacramento uh, last night. Eric Bledsoe had a triple double. He had a huge bucket late to tie the game at one twenty six after Sacramento took the lead, and then he put the clamps on De'Aaron Fox to end regulation. And we talk, I talk about it all the time. Fox has been a uh, a clutch bucket getter. For the Kings, boy, got ice water in his veins. Yeah, all and, season, and, all season, and even last year too. His rookie year last yeah, year, he he showed flashes of that of that go to score late in the clutch early in his career. That's starting to pay off with his Sacramento team this year. Exactly, and Bledsoe put the clamps on him to end regulation, and then the Bucks were able to get it done in overtime. So the way I see it is, it's either going to be the Bucks or the Raptors. As much as I love what the Sixers have done, adding Tobias Harris, we all love Jimmy Butler. Uh, but their depth is still a problem. It, it still is. Um, Boban Marjanovic is good offensively. Defensively, he's a mess because I say it all the time, he's too slow. I was watching, the, I covered the game against Denver. I covered the game set, uh, this past week against Portland. And I mean, Yusuf Nurkic and uh, Enes Kanter and even Jake Lehman were just <laughs> out rebounding Boban. <laughs> Jake Lehman? Jake Lehman had a Jesus, man. Listen to me. Jake Lehman had eleven rebounds off the bench for Portland. And then the Blazers out rebounded Philadelphia fifty three to thirty three. And that's with and the Sixers leading rebounder was Tobias Harris with eight. 
So I'm Jesus, which is what I'm saying. With Joel Embiid, the Sixers are they can beat Milwaukee and they can beat Toronto and Boston, in my opinion, with Joel Embiid. But behind him, if you're counting on Jonah Bolden, the ghost of Amir Johnson and Boban to, to like like really kind of be that guy. And believe me, it is the ghost of Amir Johnson. Brett Brown gave him a chance against Portland. He was a minus 10 in three minutes and 55 seconds of action. He walked in being negative efficient. He's like, you want to talk about negative efficient? Yo, how you subbing the game you negative efficient? Amir Johnson. Nah, bro. Was how you get three minutes of you negative efficient out there? He. What was you doing for three minutes? For real, he played three fifty-five. That was official time. He played three bruh, minutes and fifty-five nah, seconds. You, you and not Amir really John- doing nothing. And, no. a, and Amir Johnson was a minus ten in those three fifty-five. So this is what I'm saying about Philadelphia's depth. Jonathan Simmons has looked terrible. And as much as I hate to admit it, James Ennis has been awful with the Sixers this year. Ah! <laughs> like, ever since the trade, James Ennis really hasn't today. done much. We're all agreeing. <laughs> We're all agreeing on stuff. Let's go. Like, James Ennis really was has not been good so far in Philadelphia. And then, and then you, like, the only guys you can count on, really, is Boban for offense. Terrible defense. And then you have uh, TJ McConnell. Scrappy little TJ just coming in and, uh, and just doing whatever he can possible. Yep, TJ, like... Man, teammates come and go, but I remain the constant. He really has been. Um, I, I had a funny moment with him before the Portland game Saturday. Talk to me. All right, so I'm filming Tobias Harris warming up. Of course. And TJ McConnell's warming up at the same time. Now, me and TJ have kind of developed a little bit of a relationship over the last month. We, we actually talk in locker rooms now. And TJ turns around, and and, and uh, he's staring at me. And he goes, oh, wait, you weren't filming me? <laughs> And, and I said, I'm sorry, TJ. I'm getting Tobias, man. And he goes, what a douche. <laughs> Yo, he's a real one. Man. Yo, he's a real one. <laughs> so then I turned the camera to TJ and I said, okay, TJ, the camera's yours, man. Do something. And he goes, nah, I don't want any more. Film Tobias. <laughs> Yo, he's a real one. Yeah, hey, uh, shut up. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. So I had my first like real funny moment. With one of the players on Saturday before the Portland game, so and it was it, it, it was hilarious. Oh man, that's that, that's good. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, but but yeah, like Sixers depth depth bothers me and uh, Boston. Um, I don't know what's going on in Boston. I mean, like I mean, listen, this like we talked about Kelsey on the radio show. The Celtics were the team coming into this year. The Celtics were the team. They were locks to make the NBA Finals. They were locks. You know, you know it might. Get, I think it might be bad me saying this, but Boston might need to go in a new direction all season. Like, what do you mean with coaching? No, player wise. Like, so you talk about get rid of Kyrie, let him walk. Yeah, and like get rid of Gordon Hayward. Well, nobody's gonna take Hayward's contract. All first of all, you should know better than that. It's always somebody to take somebody's contract i guess so i mean i mean detroit took blake griffin's contract there's always somebody to take a bad contract okay always. all right so if you're boston um there was the there was a video at the all-star game that kyrie irving and kevin durant were talking and kyrie mentioned the two max spots and guess who has two max spots the, the new york knicks so there's rumors swirling and kyrie's getting testy with reporters he's getting testy with his own teammates um, and now you're looking at the Boston Celtics, where this team was minutes away from the NBA Finals last year without Irving and Gordon Hayward. And 
those two come back and while everybody expected those two to enhance the Celtics, they're now sitting at 37 and 25. They're behind Indiana, who is missing Victor Oladipo, by the way, and the Pacers are still the three seed in the Eastern Conference. They're behind Philadelphia, and then Toronto and Milwaukee right now is running away with the one and two seeds in the Eastern Conference. So basically, it's going to be Indiana, Boston, and Philadelphia fighting out for the three, four, and five slots, and then six, seven, eight will pretty much come down to Brooklyn, Detroit, Charlotte, Miami, and Orlando. Those teams can kind of fight it out. Um, either way, those two, those three teams who are getting bounced in the first round. Um, but Boston has just really been underwhelming, to say the least. Especially after the All-Star break. They're 0-4 since the All-Star break. I think it's like, you know, the interior Rosier might be a point guard to run this team from. And, you know, you make Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum like the focus of the offense, and you kind of run the offense through Al Horford. That's what, like, made them successful last year especially deep into the playoffs, you know? So I don't necessarily think, you know, you have to blow it up if you're if you're Boston, but you have pieces already. So if a player like Kyrie walks, you're not like the cupboard's bare. You still have a point guard, Terry Rosario, that you can re-sign. You still have upcoming draft picks that you can use to draft, you know, a new point guard if you feel like Terry Rosario it's not going to be your point guard for the future, but is the point guard for, like, kind of, you know, the present. And, you know, still can also look to add a big man down the road to eventually replace Al Horford if you don't feel like Robert Williams will eventually step into that role. So, like, Boston has a lot of options and a lot of, you know, avenues to take to improving their team in the offseason. It's just how they want to go about it. If you feel that, you know, say they continue on this path and they have just, like, a mixed finish to the season, you know, they finish like you know. They finish you know 500 with the rest of their games, and they they get knocked out in the second round. They make it to the second round. Then it's like, all right, we could potentially just like, all right, Kyrie he wants to go, so we let him go, and then we can like find somebody to trade for Gordon Hayward. You can still be competitive in the Eastern Conference with that with that core group of Tatum, Brown, Rozier, and Horford. You as long as you add you know the right pieces around them. <laughs> Like and even if you want to keep that core together with you know Irving and Hayward, all you got to do I just think they need more time together. And Hayward, if he can eventually come back, you know that team could be that championship contending team that we thought they were. But it's not going to happen this year. This year is not going to happen. But next year, Boston has a lot of avenues they want to take to rebuild this team. However, Danny Ainge sees this team moving forward if you know if you want to stay the course or you know take a whole new different reduction he's got all the options available i'll be honest they don't have to do a daggone thing they don't have to they don't have to do a thing no nope. like Kyrie walk and you roll with the team minus <laughs> Kyrie, because we all know that when Kyrie does not suit up for them that they still play well yeah. i'm sure Kyrie can be your closer your closer assassin or whatever you want to call it but they're still a well-oiled machine without Kyrie Irving. And I've been saying about Terry Rozier, Terry Rozier could easily start for this team, no problem. And we, we've seen him show up in big games in the playoffs. For so sure. it's like, you know, they can let Kyrie walk, let him go wherever he wants to do. Hopefully, you you know Terry Rozier is going to step up to the occasion. I have no problems with him stepping up. You hope that Gordon Hayward can, can tap into previously what he was in Utah Hopefully and get he's showing over. flashes. Yeah, he's showing flashes, but you know, it's always it's a mental hurdle always with the injuries. If he can get over that mental hurdle, 
come back solid like like we saw in Utah. Like if he this, could, if team, he, this team could be right back in the conversation. Yeah, like if Gordon Hayward could even become like we don't we I don't think he could become that like twenty five point scorer like he was in Utah. But if he could even become close, like even a twenty point scorer for Boston, that would do wonders for them and lift the team even further. It's like I think Brad Stevens got to give more. You got to put more on Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. If these two are going to be, you know, part of your team moving forward, you got to see what they do. You got to put the ball in their hands and let them do what they got to do. Either they sink or swim, and that's how you got to treat your young guys. And I think, and in, in a lot of people overlook this, and I'm going to say this right here, right now. The X factor of this team, Marcus Smart. That Marcus Smart has always been an X factor. Of this Marcus team. Smart is the X factor for this team. If you have a Marcus Smart that is going in, locking down defender, locking down players, and shooting a three ball on the opposite on the opposite end, just as good as we know he can do, or we see flashes him can do, tell you the Celtics are going to be that much better. Just like how I said, PJ Tucker is, is now the heart and soul of the Rockets. Marcus Smart, since the days been drafted, has been the heart and soul of those Boston Celtics teams. You know, you need a player like that, a player who's going to come in, he's going to play defense, you know, he's going to do whatever he can on offense, he's going to rebound, he's going to pass. Marcus Smart literally does everything. He's center for you. He does everything you want out of a player to help your team be successful, whether it's the big thing or the little things. Marcus Smart is not afraid to do it. He's not afraid to go out there and sacrifice his body for his team to get a win. He's not afraid to go out there and defend the best player in court. No matter if that dude's, like, got seven inches on him and has got the wingspan of a freaking, you know, two buildings be like he don't care he'll do it because Marcus Smart is the player you want because he sets the tone like you said and he's one of the leaders of this team and he goes out and he's done it for the last few years I'm also going to add the other Marcus Morris definitely he's, like, uh, he's under he's probably one of their more underrated players also Aaron Baines to a lesser extent because Baines comes in and provides some toughness for them especially when the Celtics need it um I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because they have they have just so many pieces especially when that bench they come in you know, like Tice, come on, man. I my love man, that guy. My man literally can come in, only play 12 minutes a game, and knock down a couple threes for you. Like, and, and also block a couple shots and, and grab some rebounds. Like, like, it's <laughs> stupid to see how deep this team is. If they could literally just get over some like locker room issues, this team could make the finals. They really I mean, we They were minutes away from the finals minus your two best players. Like that's just so crazy. Like that's a that's a problem I would love to have, even though my team doesn't have that right now. But I'm just saying, man, like, you just got woke with your team, bro. To be fair, yeah, you did. Look, man, <laughs> whether I, I just got woke with my team or not, I woke right now, and I'm saying this right now that the Warriors are going to be, uh, the, I mean that the Nuggets are the Warriors' biggest threat in in the in the West. That's cool. Uh, see, I'm, I'm still rolling with Houston, but but Denver, I think, has the pieces because <clears throat> I think Denver is probably like two years away from being their biggest threat, and that's fine because this team so is wait, young as kind of, hell. So wait, two years away from being two years away, or just two years? No, away? no, you Shut better up. not call my team Bruno Caboclo. You better not. That say was it. disrespectful. Oh, I'm just saying, Tim. I mean, nah, like you dude, said, nah. two years away. Nah, bro, that was disrespectful. You All knew, right, you listen. knew where you was going with that. Nuh-uh. Yeah, you did, bro. Nuh-uh. Apologize to Kelsey, bro. That was just uncalled for. Very true. I did get him earlier because it's basketball games trash. I apologize, guys. <laughs> By the way, welcome back, Jason Witten. <laughs> because I want to I wanna wrap up the podcast, but I want to get your thoughts on Jason Witten. Nah, hold up. 
How you gonna just compliment the man and insult him at the same time though? Like what you mean? But you act like well, but what? But but y'all do this on a weekly basis, bro. It's like we all know I'm the punchy bag or the bullet sponge in this room. That's not true. Sometimes it's me. It's it's me sometimes. Yeah, but y'all get you. But look, look, y'all get the most satisfaction from getting on me. Well, because you you have the best reactions. Hold up, are you still talking about the jacket thing? No, I'm not. (laughs) Like. Told you just roasted, bro. You gotta let that go. <laughs> no, no, I'm letting that go. My ho- homeboy with the yellow traffic cone. Y'all get, y'all get like the, that good satisfaction. Kels, because you have the best me. reactions, dude. Like, and I'll honestly, get listen. Here, here's why. I'll get. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Do you remember when we hanging out with our friend's dorm, and our good friend Brian snapped a picture of you leaning into the doorway, and you made that weird face, and we used it as a reaction picture for like a good like two months. First off. The whole friends group use me for eating ass memes. Like, no. All right, first of all. all first of all, you don't have to put that on yeah, the podcast. Like, I say, <laughs> like, like nah, bro, the on, fact nah. that. First of all, that's TMI. It is. We ain't need to know that. Not, I mean. The listeners didn't. enough. Nah, like, the listeners didn't, didn't need to know that. But, but hold on. Nobody needs to know that. But hold on. But, but, nah, but, I ain't no hold on. Hold on. But. Cut his mic. You're censored. We're not talking with you no more. But, nah, ain't no butts. Damn it. <laughs> But that's my point. Y'all love messing with me. And they just came. And, and, and Kai was like one of the main culprits for that. I did not call me? for that. I did not be like, you know what? I sign up for this. Drake? <laughs> and that's the reason why he brought up Drake. Because he knows that he was like one of the main callous for that. I did not say, me? yes, I want this to happen. Me? My point proven. You're tripping, tripping. He's not wrong. How? Because you do instigate a lot of stuff. I instigate a lot of stuff with you too, though. Not only instigate, but y'all just, you like, just like keep, I said. Why did you just prove my point? But like I said, y'all y'all just, it, it's, it's something it's me, different when you mess with me. <laughs> All right, anyway, look. Jason Witten. Jason Witten. Okay. By the way, hold on. Before we move on, uh, your brother Ryan goes in the Get Bucks chat. He goes, I'm pretty sure you guys are 95.26% sure. Or, or heard about this, but Jason Witten's coming back. So I asked, why such a specific number? Ryan says, because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> Get your brother. No. All right? <laughs> I'm not responsible for my brother's actions. <laughs> but it actually surprised me. I was like, really? Like, I, th- I thought that, that Jason Witten was was going to say, excuse me, was going to stay in, in the, the broadcasting booth. And, you know, w- despite of your uh, anyone's opinion, I, I thought he did okay as as a Monday night football Commentator, I thought he was okay. I thought I you thought know? he was, so I, I didn't hate Jason Witten. You know, and, and Jason Witten throughout but, his whole career. But Twitter's undefeated, and oh, the, mean, the means about Jason Witten no longer being on Monday Night Football was hilarious. Oh yeah, I, I get it, I, and, and I totally get it because I everyone, swear, man, somebody's gonna beat the internet one day. No, no you. one's gonna beat the internet, man. <laughs> internet's the internet's undefeated. Yeah, somebody's gonna beat the internet one but day. What I'm Never gonna is, happen. Not in that, this lifetime. You know, Jason Witten was okay. You know, a lot of people didn't like him. Whatever. A lot of people don't like Tony Romo as a commentator, but whatever. Tony Romo's a goat commentator. Nah, B. Tony Romo out here cheating. He be calling the plays. He know what's going on in that field. I just want to know why he not on the sidelines coaching one of these teams since he calling all plays from up here in the booth then. Again, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm surprised he is not like an offensive coordinator for somebody. Like or, 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 a, or a defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. Like they need, they need I don't to. know about that. Well, because, I mean, he calls. He called defenses. 
He calls defenses. He's calling all the defenses time. and offenses. He calls his like, blitz. Crazy. Look, look. I'm like, yo, man, why were you this good like that when you were a quarterback for the Cowboys? No, oh, real quick, another note before uh, before before we end up this podcast because I've got to get the basketball practice. But Dwayne Wade, goat status, baby. That that buzzer beating off balance three pointer to beat the Warriors. Oh, it was great. Not only was it just great because it was Dwayne Wade, but it was also against the Warriors. Nah, so it just made it that much even better. Just leave it at that, baby. Mama mentality. Yeah, he he credited Kobe Bryant after the game. And honestly, I like I can't tell you how amazing it's been for me to grow up watching Dwayne Wade and then also getting having the chance to interview him as and um for for my career it's been absolutely absolutely insane. And the fact that D Wade's still out here doing it. At age, what's he, 36 or 30? He's actually, he just turned 37, didn't he? He's 37 now in his 16th season. He had 25 points off the bench, 10 and over, 10 in the fourth quarter. Uh, And, and I mean, to lift the heat to that win, that's incredible. Give him a ton of credit. And I still do believe the Heat make the playoffs. I do. They're going to lose in the first round. But I do believe the Heat get in. So, from that point, Tim, do you want to add one more thing before we wrap it up? Checks the championships, B. Never forget. I'm with it. So for Tim McRae, for Kelsey Whitted, for our amazing producer who does a great job for us, the GOAT of producers, Chris Tomasello, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good night, everybody. This has been a 8th Hour Production.